I like to keep my plums private. <laughs> that was not recording, was it? Oh, no, it was, but all, this like button didn't work. Oh, it's because the sound was on. Uh-huh. Man, farts. Are you on the right board? I always uh, also forget, right when I hit that button, I forget what I'm doing. <laughs> so like, it gives you like eight seconds to think about like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> uh, welcome to Dearly Reviewer. My name is James. And I'm Amy. And today we have Ephraim. Oh man, you just told me Fasaha. It's spot on. Yes. From Boon Boona Coffee. Yeah. Or Coffee, Coffee, Coffee. There you go. Yeah. 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 Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. No, Wait. thank oh. you for having me. I appreciate welcome, it. Welcome. Honored to be here. Very grateful. Coffee, coffee, coffee? Yeah. 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 It's, wait, I'm lost. <laughs> so Boon and Buna are just the ways that we say coffee in East Africa, depending on the country. So it's just coffee, coffee, and then, of course, it ends with coffee, coffee. too. So Boon is more common in, like, Eritrea and parts of Kenya. Mm-hmm. And then Buna is more dominant in Ethiopia. Uh, and so, and then the word coffee itself is derived from a village in Ethiopia called Kafa. And Kafa is the birthplace of coffee, at least Arabica coffee beans. So Boom Boona Coffee is just kind of coffee, coffee, respect, coffee. Yeah, to where it comes from and saying coffee, coffee, coffee in all three languages. Do you have any merch that just says coffee, coffee, coffee? No, not yet. We do have like this hoodie that has Africa on the back and it does say, it does say coffee many times, but it doesn't say coffee, coffee, coffee yet. I got to get that black and gold the hat. That's oh, the hat? Yeah. I love the hat. We'll get you one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get you one. I always think, because like whenever I see Boon Boona Coffee, I think Coffee, 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 and then I think yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> so if you did like a Brady Bunch shirt or something that's like awesome. that. Yo, that's actually a great play on Marsha too. Yeah, I would use the, like her image or something. Well, drinking, coffee. Get, drinking Coffee? Drinking Coffee, yeah. Can call her up. Get a, what's yeah, that? get the approval for that what's one. What's that app? I don't you know can, if like, I can afford call that. Call someone up. Cameo. Cameo. Can you cameo the actress? The actress? Mar- dude. That'd be a sick hey, commercial. Yeah, that would be dope. <laughs> hey, we just do it coffee, 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 coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so, that would be expensive. I I don't think I could afford it, but yeah, you don't know. I mean, yeah. she's not still acting, is she? Yeah, I mean, she but might... you know, she's known for that though. Like, that's true. But if she's listening to this podcast, which I'm sure she isn't, sorry, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like they pulled a Rick, like a Rick Moranis out of retirement. He's going to do another Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie. How could he not, though? I know. I'm so excited for it, though. It's classic. Yeah. I made a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids joke the other day, and nobody got it, so everyone just thought I was stupid. Uh, Oh. Like, why would we be shrinking people? Is it generational? I think so. Yeah, yeah, the crowd, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I'd get in. I grew up with them, you know, because it's been so so long since I've even thought about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you know? It might be that, too. Dude, I always think about writing those ants. And how awesome! That oh been. yeah, dude, I was scared of the ants. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that. It was horrifying. Oh yeah, totally. Wasn't there a theme park that include? Was it Universal Studios that had Honey I Shrunk the Kids? I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, there was like a ride. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I, mm. I probably would ride. Wait, how do you replicate Honey I Shrunk the Kids in a ride? You just ride a roller coaster know. through really big things. Oh, maybe I'm making it up. Also, I don't know. It just feels like I. Like, like if they I didn't, had seen it, yeah, it'd you be know? stupid if they didn't do it. That'd be fun. If they haven't, they should. Yeah. Do you and think it still exists, or no. everybody would be like, "What is this ride?" Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they'll revive it when the new movie mm-hmm, comes out. When the new movie comes out, 
Oh. It'll be added. Yeah. They just have those props sitting in the back for like the last like 30 years. Just waiting for its time. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like 30 years? How old is that movie? No, that movie's from like the late it's, 80s. Yeah, it's definitely, it's probably 30. Yeah, for sure. 30. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Can I ask how old you are? Yeah, 38. 38. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So yeah, definitely part of the childhood. Yep. And I'm pretty sure it was, I was probably about eight. Yeah, when it came out. So there yeah. you go. It came out in 1989. 89. Okay, so I was four. I was not. About the same age, so. I was not four. But 1989. The first one? The first one's 89? Yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, 1989, one hour and 33 minutes. Wow. Of kids shrinking. (laughs) Welcome to our movie podcast. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Love it. Oh, what do you think the budget was? Ooh. I think astronomical for that. Right. It would have been astronomical for that. For all that, for the props and everything. $1989. $1989. I'll say like, I don't know. I suck at this game. We did this last time. <laughs> it was really, really off. You're off? Yeah. Yeah. We did a movie. Go no, no. Do you, do, you, do you have a number? We like I got a number. We like estimated something last time and I was like millions off. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Well, uh, okay, hold on. Go. Okay, you go first. I want to say 35. Oh, shit. Dollars? So, 35 million. Oh. Yeah, dollars. Okay, see, I'm bad. I was thinking like 15. Um, Under prices, right rules. What? 18 million. Whoa. Whoa. That's actually way cheaper than I thought. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know how you. Right? It like, was, graphically, it was incredible to me. But then the cast. <laughs> I was eight, probably, but... there wasn't a lot of, like, Rick Moranis is probably your big name in that, right? Yeah. How much but do you the... think it brought in at the box office? Oh, though? it killed it, though. I'd have to say it killed it. Yeah, I would say like 30, 40 million. I'm going to say 50. 222.7 million. Whoa. Jeez. It might be the most successful movie ever made now that we're. Looking yeah, at these from numbers. what it cost <laughs> to what it made profit wise, that's Man, huge. I, I hope he got some points in that. No wonder they're remaking it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would go to the theaters for it. I wanted to go to the theaters for the, the new Shang-Chi movie, but. I also don't want to go to theaters right now. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. But that's okay. What is this podcast actually about, James? (sighs) Oh, my gosh. So this podcast is actually about a couple of small business owners talking to other small business owners about kind of small business stuff that happens. But most importantly, well, not not most importantly, but mostly how good and bad reviews can affect your business. Yeah. But we honestly, like, our first idea was, like, we'll spend the first half talking about you and your business, uh-huh. but it became like the first nine tenths. Yeah, yeah. And every episode gets about ten minutes longer. So, <laughs> I think the first one of the guests was like in under an hour. And the last couple have been like an hour and a half. Yeah. So we've added some alcohol to some of the guests, and that usually makes that it. That usually longer. goes. Yeah, that's mm. true. That's true. And I'm sorry we didn't bring any gin and tonics. Uh that's okay. I was like literally laid up on the couch before I came. <laughs> Wait, you didn't tell me this. I, I didn't. I didn't send you the, the questionnaire. I'm going to send you home with gin and tonics. Oh, mm-hmm. that's sweet. To I mean, go I was, cocktails. What about me? No. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my script. Thank so. you. I mean, yeah. And after this, we can try some corn whiskey. Corn liqueur. Corn liqueur. Yeah. Dude, hmm. I feel like that's right up my alley. No. I Well, that didn't sound right. I think that <laughs> no. it is. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> automatic. <laughs> It's not what you're thinking, oh. and I'm curious to see what, like, 
if you guys try it because you're more drink oriented and food oriented mm. than I am to see if you're like, ooh, I can see this in this. I can see this and I can see the bottom of this bottle. <laughs> yeah. That's where I was going. Yo, so I was in, uh, it's very random, but I was in Saskatchewan and they're really known for lentils. I guess they're, oh, yeah, one of the biggest producers of lentils, but they huh. make a lentil beer. And I was trying to source some while I was out there to try drinking it, but I don't know if you have you always tried a uh, lentil beer? I've never heard of lentil beer. Yeah. I'm uh, going to try lentil beer. You haven't I, tried it though? You didn't I get didn't to get it? to try it. Yeah. I mean, I was busy running around when I was there, but, um, uh, an uncle, I, one of my uncles has a restaurant and he carries some, but by chance he was all out, had sold oh. out. I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess it was popular, but lentil beer is something. Huh? They make a lentil cream ale mm. and lentil beer. Yeah. Cool. That sounds yeah. super weird. It sounds super weird. But I, you know, if I think of lentils and I think of like maybe some sweetness, some good body to it, maybe it could work. Okay. But I just don't know how it ferments. Look yeah. Like, I don't know how that happens. Like, that process sounds interesting. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's either going to be really good or really yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the two. It's I'm, a hit there, but not anywhere else <laughs> in the world. Yeah, it's, it's probably true. saying a lot. You know, yeah. it's an acquired taste. The Saskatchewan monks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've been building, yeah, brewing it for a thousand years. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I just think of like something warm and savory, like on a cold ass day. Yeah. And having lentil soup. So having a lentil beer just sounds, I don't know. Well, mm -hmm. you guys are both coffee men. Have you had mm -hmm. that? Boys. Quinoa. I, was I was being generous. <laughs> uh, have you had that quinoa milk? No, no. The coffee shop, I won't say where, because that would be like a bad Yelp review, but there's a coffee shop in Seattle that has it and they were like, oh, you have to try it. And then I tried it and I was like, well, it, it tastes like quinoa in my coffee and mm -hmm. it's disgusting. Oof. What was and, the texture like? Um, it's, yeah. Yeah. I like, I couldn't get past that. Like that quinoa has a place. Mm hmm. It's not in my coffee. It's not in coffee, yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't get past that. And then I was like, why would you even do this? There's a bazillion other milk alternatives. Yeah. Right, because yeah. quinoa, quinoa. quinoa milk would probably be cheaper to produce than a lot of other ones. Like the big ones, everything's a nut milk, right? So like cashew milk, pistachio yeah. milk. I mean, that kind of stuff's expensive that to produce. That is expensive. Quinoa produce. should be a lot cheaper, wouldn't it? But then rice milk? Rice milk's gross too. Yeah. I don't but it doesn't milk. taste like quinoa. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it does have it. Like, if I had to go mm -hmm. rice milk or quinoa milk, yeah, I would one hundred and twenty percent go rice milk. It's just called yeah, rice water, though. You know, it's so watery. It, it is so steam. watery. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't do anything. Yeah. Well, okay. No body. Question. Mm -hmm. This is not planned. Um, if quinoa flavors don't belong in coffee, a controversial one that's starting up. Pumpkin. Soon. Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Pumpkin milk. No, no, but like pumpkin. Well, pumpkin lattes. Oh, pumpkin lattes. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts and feelings? I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm. I'm an up for it. Yeah, because uh, you know, I, I think uh, so. For me, I think when I think back to some of the first times I had coffee outside of like my house, mm -hmm. it was a caramel macchiato. You know, for sure. And then was the pumpkin spice latte. It was. That's what I. And it was in college, and it was like it's supposed to keep you caffeinated, keep you up, but. It also tasted really good and it was sweet. Yeah. And then for a number of years, I stayed away from it. 
you know, from like kind of just sugar based, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, from that perspective. And then, but man, do you guys make a pumpkin? We do. Yeah. Caramel salted. Oh, oh you do a salted caramel pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin. I always get the, what is it? The pumpkin salted caramel or okay. salted pumpkin caramel. One, it's that combination though, oh, okay. but it's fire. All right. It's fire. Well, now that you're in Capitol enjoy. Hill as well as Renton. Yeah. I'll definitely have to come. come yeah, by. come check it out. Renton's I hard am, to get to. Renton is, yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. I'm so thrilled you said you liked it because when James was saying yeah. pumpkin spice latte, he was giving me that I know the white girl's going to say she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I, I felt that way. I no. feel like it's it's the stereotype, and I was like, am I going to fit in the stereotype or not? No, you're stereotype? fine. No, you're safe. You're safe. This is safe. It's a safe space. <laughs> <space. laughs> you know are in I, my office. You know what? I, but it, do they actually use true pumpkin? Like, is it pumpkin? Starbucks? Yeah. No, they don't. It's no. okay. It's 0% pumpkin. Okay. It's just yeah. cinnamon and nutmeg and probably that. And sugar. Yeah, and sugar, yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally Yeah, like We synthesized. actually use pumpkin. There's actually like a uh, Ooh. Yeah, it's actual pumpkin in there. Yeah, uh, you, it's good. You do a pumpkin. You do a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, we do. Um, it's like pumpkin, a bunch of different spices and stuff like that too. Yeah. So you're a fan then it. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I like our pumpkin. Yeah. Honestly, most pumpkin I think is kind of trash. Yeah. To be, just because like everyone tries so hard to emulate Starbucks pumpkin, yeah. and I think Starbucks pumpkin tastes like butthole. Yeah. It's like it's undrinkable to me. Mm. I think most of their flavors are relatively undrinkable because it just tastes like preservative. Yeah. This you summer know? I came uh, up with a cocktail that was a pineapple spiced latte. Pineapple it was a cocktail. So it's like the oh. summer PSL. Okay. Pineapple. It wasn't a latte. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it, was a cocktail. Uh, it was a pineapple okay. cocktail. Okay. Yeah. I was like, uh, I how know. does, oh, wait, how it does wasn't pineapple even, do with milk? It wasn't even a latte. It. it was like a Dole Whip, dude. What was the yell? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. That's pineapple milk. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and that's delicious. I love Dole Whips. Woo! Yeah. Have Dole. you had the spicy pineapple ginger beer at Rachel's? No. That's like my no. favorite ginger beer. But there's a pineapple cider. That's not, yeah, yeah, I've had those. Oh, that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I love pineapple mm-hmm. Those That is tasty. Why are we always talking about food? <laughs> right like it's always because like yelp is generally i feel like personally uh-huh. obviously my opinion is that yelp is generally used for food and drinks mm-hmm. more than anything else and so i think the guests that we bring on yeah. are usually food and drink oriented but we had sneaker city on last episode and we talked about food generally and, oh that's true and the non-food aka taco time but i'll kill you oh what taco was... time is not food do you think I mean, it's I haven't had it in many years, so I guess I get. But what's your opinion? Um, shoot. I mean, I, there's a reason why I don't go. Exactly. I is that it doesn't feel like it's food to me. Like, I wouldn't find myself nourished after a meal. High five. There. Hold up. So, <laughs> hold up. I, 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 I do see that. Yeah. Yeah. I do could, we, but do we all c- consume food and drinks purely for the sake of nourishment? No. I mean, I, I just, I had a shitty lunch today and I was, I, I felt like I lacked, I, I need more nutrients, you know? Like, I wish I had a big salad type of thing, but. But like, taco time is a big know. salad just wrapped in a tortilla. It's all fresh. Hold up, hold up. You know what I was going to in my mind? I always do this all the time too. I thought Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. 
My bad. Oh. Taco time is a meal. My bad. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> My bad. Taco I'm, time, I'm down with. Taco, yes. I'm so done with I, this podcast. Sorry about that. We gotta get I'm so here. sorry about I, I do that all the this. time. I do Taco Bell and Taco Time. It, I switch the two, but Taco Bell is oh, the this, one that I feel that way about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taco Time, I can definitely... I can definitely go destroy sometimes if I'm. This if fake I'm really out feeling was it. like the best move. Yeah, my bad. That totally made that my was night. that was unintended. <laughs> that was unintended. That was just yeah. I'm, oh man, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> okay, and here we go. I'll, I'll segue this. So, because because Amy's big argument was always that Taco Time is like people who are from here enjoy yeah. Taco Time. Our last guest, she enjoys Taco Time. She's not from here. She's from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say Ephraim here is from. A very far away place, yeah. Saudi Arabia. That's where you're born. I was born, yeah, you're born there. Uh-huh. Um, did you? Where did you grow up? Though? I grew up here. I came here when I was six. That's why he likes Taco Time. But I'm just saying, you can be born technicality. Someplace, but if yeah, you grew I mean, up I remember. Here, yeah, so I yeah, lived I'm in White to... Center, West Seattle. Okay, and so the closest one was the one in White Center. And so as kids, we would go there, and you know, See? that was that was my dad's favorite, like. Spot. Your dad's a wise man. Yeah. You're being you destroy, nourished yeah, by so. nostalgia, not by good food. Maybe. Well, okay. I, I mean, yeah, that's that's very true. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I'd say there are other things that I would do that too as well that are related more to nostalgic than they are like based off of the quality. And even now, when I go to Taco Time, is <laughs> <laughs> is when I'm like kind of like on a vegan kick, and I'm like, I need something fast. I'm gonna go trust that I can get something there. Okay. They have vegan yeah. stuff? I mean, you kind of, you know, oh, yeah. you yeah. kind of budget right, a little budget bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somewhat vegan. You're just like, all right, I'll just take the beans and a little bit of rice. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to go but, vegan at some place like that has burritos where you yeah. can. But you'd be surprised. Like everything has butter in it. You know what I mean? Everything mm. good does, and Taco yeah. Time is not good, so they probably don't have <laughs> any butter any place. I think the track record, though, is that most people here have liked Taco Time. So we're going to cut all this out, right? No, absolutely <laughs> This is going to be like how a long, little highlight that goes this, in the clip. Yeah. How long has, uh, ha- how many times have you all spoken about Taco Time? Is this something that is brought up with multiple it's, guests now? It's it's become a theme for some It's reason. become yes. a theme, okay. Don't mm-hmm. know why, but it Because I got attacked over it, even though I'm right. Oh, you got attacked. And huh? yeah. yeah, I don't think that's how it started. Yeah, I think I just, I think I just waxed poetic about my love for Taco Time, okay. and then she just had to shit all over it. Oh, you? No, it'll make you shit all over it yourself. <laughs> no way. Taco Time is fresh and healthy. We just need to change and do a Taco Time podcast or an anti. Uh, the, I mean, I believe the ownership is still here. Family's still here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a locally owned company. I mean, well, I mean, let's have them on. Uh, I would say that your lens kind of reflect the colors of Taco Time, Dude, I was too. thinking that, too. What? Your glasses. Yeah, your glasses. They're very Taco Timey. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. The teal color. And the cactus it, on them. Yeah, right? Isn't that... Is, am I wrong okay, with the color? first of all... Uh, I think, yeah, I think a teal is greenish, yeah. Is that right? I yeah. So. You guys are just I'm, digging I'm trying. now. <laughs> But I think like the uh, that these black are Roger outline. Dutch comic uh-huh. cartoon comic duck duck dodgers whatever duck have you ever done the duck dodge no okay I don't even know what that is uh-huh. it's the yeah. sailboat race that they do on Lake Union every Tuesday oh I was thinking of the old Daffy Duck cartoon okay yeah when you're done picking on me let's have a podcast sounds <laughs> good uh, so after you're born you're born in Saudi Arabia you you grew up here. Uh-huh. Uh, you're of Eritrean descent. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And so you have uh, 
but you kind of tapped into the whole coffee aspect of it when you when you visited. Yeah, so we grew in the diaspora. We Eritreans, Ethiopians, primarily like we continue to do the traditional coffee ceremony in our households. Mm-hmm. So it's something that yeah, you know we. We, of course, did it back home, back in Eritrea and Ethiopia, but we carry that here. And so there's like sometimes in our like in the living room, there's a place where it's like a dedicated space to do the coffee ceremony. And so um, uh, it's either a permanent spot or it's rolled out whenever a guest comes in. And it's hospitality to whenever a guest comes over, you're asked, do you want tea or coffee? If it's tea, it's usually quick. You know, if it's coffee, you're going to be hanging out for a while. And so Growing up as a kid, you see this all the time. You don't get to partake in it. Maybe, you know, what might happen is that they'll put water in the little little cups, mm-hmm. uh, these little ceramic little cups, or uh, you'll have milk and then a little drop of coffee, but typically you're not consuming it as a kid. Sure. And then once you hit about 17, 18, you're kind of like, uh, you know, I don't want to hang out there because that's where all the older folks <laughs> hang out. The parents are over there. So you avoid it. And then for me, I came back from college and started to drink that a little bit more frequently with my mom. And so I'd come over to visit and she'd be like, you want some coffee? I'm like, yeah, I'll have some coffee. And then she would do the whole ceremony. And so I was familiar with it like that, like most Eritreans and Ethiopians. Yeah. Um, so my childhood wasn't too far off from that of most in, even in the Seattle area and such. Yeah. But uh, when I went to Eritrea in 2011, I spent about three months there. And in that time, you know, I got to dive into it a little bit more. And really, there it was. It was the fact that uh, the capital city, Asmera, specifically, because Eritrea was colonized by Italy, there was a lot of remnants of espresso and mm. bakeries and Art Deco and all that stuff. And so that stuff was left uh, from the colonial period of roughly fifty years that uh, Italy was there, and they left right after uh, World War II, and so that stuff was still in use and you go into downtown Asmeta and you still find these cafes. And one of them in particular, they would roast in the back. And so you would smell the coffee and then you'd walk in and be kind of like smoky in there. And then they would use that coffee into the espresso drinks. And so the vibe, the smell, the experience inside that space where um, it reflected a little bit more of the tradition, a traditional kind of approach in which, you know, folks weren't just in and out. Folks were there hanging right. out. Yeah. So there was that component, which is how we consume coffee at home. When we do coffee at home, it's going to be two hours, three hours. You know, you're hanging out. You're getting to catch up. And so you see that, but infused with like the cafe space that we're familiar with here. And that's what I saw there. And I was like, we could use something like that back in Seattle, which is where I grew up at. So that's kind of how that that started, that journey. Yeah, I think... You know, just to jump back to your comment of why do we always talk about food and stuff? Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, this is a perfect example of how food and drinks are just like so community focused. And I mean, Amy, what you do for work is basically you create communities, right? One could say that. Yeah. Well, this that's, one is, this yeah, one that's feels what I that do. way. Yeah. And so like you creating communities, you also understand the aspect of how food and drinks, right? Mm-hmm bring people together and like, like a traditional ceremony, bring people together. I think we're all able to bond over food, whether we love it or hate it. Yeah. Right. Even specific items. Like it's a, it's a good way for people to come together. I could not agree more. Wow. (laughs) And it pains me to say it, but even like part of what we do, we have a 
food and beverage part of it because mm-hmm. it's part of every experience that's going to last more than an hour. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's what all humans have to share to a certain degree, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a common trait that we have to consume. Yeah. I mean, here goes the and one part of it though too is that around food we typically like at least in our household and maybe it's not reflective in all the different tribes sure. at least of Eritrea and Ethiopia but um typically we wouldn't speak that much around eating when we're eating we don't speak it's almost oh. disrespectful kind of you can have small conversations or whatnot it's no problem but really the conversation happens over coffee um, around oh. foods, typically, whether Muslim or Christian, uh, which are the dominant religions in Eritrea and Ethiopia, um, you know, you pray. And so since you've prayed and you're grateful for the food, you're 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 really kind of focused in on what it is that's being presented to you. Uh, there's a and th- there's kind of like this level of respect for what it is that you have. And then once you, you know, break away from that, then you can get to the conversation. And so it's actually not even around food as much as it is around the coffee ceremony. Whoa. Yeah. That's very cool. interesting. Yeah. Can you, can you walk us through, I know like this is a very, this is a hundred percent audio medium, but can you kind no, of walk okay. us through what the uh, ceremony looks like? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, it starts off with green coffee and uh, just for the listeners to provide a little bit more context on green coffee, green coffee is that raw product. And so a coffee tree has little cherries and you peel open the cherry and inside are two little green beans that face one another and you wash off the mucilage that's on them similar to like kind of like the core of a peach or so kind of getting those hairs off of it and then you take that you let it dry up a little bit and then you put it on a pan um two different approaches if it's a small amount of coffee it's kind of like a deep-lipped pan um and probably about mm, i mean you know, uh, how, how about the size of like a 12 ounce mug basically is the size of it. And uh, that's one style. The other one is kind of like a flat plate. Um, and you use kind of like a back scratcher is kind of what it looks like to move the coffee mm. over the uh, that, that flat surface. So once again, there's these two. One is one that you can hold in your hand. It's made out of aluminum typically. It's very lightweight and it's a deep lip pan. And you put about, you know, a handful of coffee inside of there. And you start to roast that over open flame or grill, whatever. Um, And then the other one is this plate that you would lay on top of the fire and use that back scratcher to move the coffee around. And really the reason you're moving the coffee over it is really to get it even roast. No different than cooking up some onions or whatnot. So once you've taken this green coffee and roasted it, you've got your roasted you know, coffee that we're all familiar with or Mm -hmm. most are familiar with. You take that and motor pestle kind of grind it up. And at that point, you would then put it into what we call a jebana. And a jebana is a clay pot. It has different art on it, which represents the different tribes or different village. Sometimes it's like the village and where it was produced um, or reflective of that culture, of that tribe. Um, and there's two different styles. There's one spout, two spouts, different techniques, uh, different styles to it. But let's, you know, for the sake, it's, it's just a round bottom uh, and a spout. On the top of it, you put the coffee grounds inside and then you add water and you place it on top of that heating element again and let that brew. Um, And it's very basic in its approach. It's very basic in, you know, kind of the tools that are used. Um, And it kind of shows the evolution of coffee and consumption of coffee, too, because 
really coffee prior to that was just chewed on as a seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a story as to kind of how that happened, but then you get to a place where it's being ground up and water is being added to it and clay pottery has always been around. So you're just combining all those three things and you've got this liquid, this brown liquid that tastes great. And that's pretty much how that happens. Now around it, of course, there are many other ad, uh, pieces added to it. And once again, this is very much tribe variations. So um, when you have this brewed coffee, at that point, you may light some incense. Uh, frankincense is common in Ethiopia and Eritrea. It grows. Whoa, wait, what is frankincense? Frankincense is kind of like, it's like on the side of bark. It's like a tree. Off of, and it's used to historically, you know, uh, is, is burnt incense being burnt in, you know, oh, for okay. a deity. Got it. Um, I know it, Jesus got it from a wise man. Exactly. There's that story too. Yeah. Exactly. It had been used even before that. Um, and so there's a long history of, you know, frankincense got being it. used and it's a sweet smell. Um, and the smoke and stuff is pretty cool. Um, but you know, frankincense is used. Um, you may have some food around just a little appetizers, um, and then when you're serving it, you serve it in these little ceramic cups. They're about a little bit bigger than an espresso shot. Mm. Uh, maybe about three ounces, four ounces is the serve size uh, because it is still high in caffeine. Um, and you'll, in our tribe, we primarily use uh, sugar, but there are tribes where they use salt. There are tribes where uh, butter, spiced butter is applied. Mm. Um, ginger is added. And so, Different tribes have these different approaches and techniques that they use. Um, and even the setup of it vary based off of those things as well. I have questions. Yeah, you could tell the yeah, look happy, on my face, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, happy to answer <laughs> any of them, yeah. So they're putting salt and ginger in coffee? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you actually, I can't even ginger, fathom that. Ginger is really nice. Um it's, you know, you definitely get the, the ginger overpowers the taste of the coffee, honestly. So mm-hmm. the ginger is very strong. Sometimes it's brewed in that jebana uh-huh. with the coffee and water. Mm. So what okay. might happen is you'll take some ginger, chop it up. You'll put it inside the jebana and have it brew with the coffee. And so it extracts a lot of it. And really after like a few brews, then you throw out that um, ginger and add some more. But, but salt. Yeah. And salt can be added too, yeah. Salt is actually kind of common. To do really, yeah, especially if you have a if you have a really unpalatable dark roast coffee, add salt to it. <laughs> really, yeah, because like okay. salt, like what salt does is it helps uh, neutralize bitter flavors mm. in general. So if you actually add salt to a dark roast, it'll actually it'll take away some of some the of the bitterness. Yeah. Okay, wow. Hmm. And most of the coffee, and that's another thing too. It, it's roasted on that like dark roast profile, not too dark. Uh, mm-hmm. But medium dark and kind of darker on that medium dark spectrum of a roast when you're doing jebana, because it's it, it's all being kind of just brewed up. It's not an immersion. It's not espresso kind of you know press. Um, it's not like a pour over. It's all being immersed. It's all just stirring around inside of it as it boils. How do they clean that out? Because I know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like cleaning yeah. it out just seems like so much work. It, you know it's no salt no i mean no salt <laughs> no <laughs> no soap or anything is ever added into it you really it, because it's kept to just the coffee grounds water maybe ginger um you just dump it out you know rinse it out you flip it upside down so it dries out completely cuz it is clay 
and unless it's properly set, it, it can uh, break apart. So yeah. um, that's done, but it's never it's never scrubbed. scrubbed clean. No, it's just used and used and used. And over time, between the pan, the pan also is never washed either. And so you see this like darkening of it, and oil is just sticking to that pan. And then similarly, the Jevena has the same things happening inside of it as well too. Oh, so it's like seasoned. It's a very yeah seasoned yeah. Oh. Yeah, like and it's the, the first time you use it also, you have to apply a, a process in order to get rid of that clay taste out of there, too. Oh. Um, so, yeah, there's it's, oh. it's a process. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't do that. That's like seasoning a, a cast iron like a wok. Exactly. Like you got to give it some love. Or before. like the good ramen places that just have that going constantly. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but most of that's a lie. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. A lot of places that claim to do that, they don't really do it. Well, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of places that claim to do it don't really do it. But like the old school ones do yeah. it. Someone does it. Yeah, people do it. I'm mm. on a list of those places. Yeah, the legit ones. Yeah. yeah. I went to a place in Korea where they have this huge vat. And all they do is just keep adding bones. Like pull out old bones, add new bones, pull bones. And they, they do that and just add, keep adding water. Oh, really? It's like, you know, like, you know, you guys have been down at Beechers where they do the cheese curds. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. It's like almost that big. Wow. wow. So then how, when do they replace the, when do they take out the old bone? Just like basically they break, they'll, they'll throw the bones in until they all break down. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Bones and then they'll like, and then they add the new bones. Wow. They do like, I don't know if it's daily or like every other day or something like that, but it's really wow. good. They could add the whole animal. If they it's could. that big. But a lot of, yeah, but a lot of those soups are like also like spare parts, right? Right. Mm. So, so it's, what the best food's made of, really. Yeah. So how does your Jebana tech? You good? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, it's like mom, mom approves? Mom approves. Nice. <laughs> Sometimes critiques, and she's right, too. But that's what moms <laughs> do, But moms right? do it right, yeah. And actually, that's a part of it, too. It's supposed to be that. Like, you're supposed to get critiqued. Um, matter of fact, it, it happens. Like, on the roast, you're supposed to show the roasted coffee. So you roast and then yeah, you, get you roast before you even break <laughs> it down before you grind it. I have to bring it around and show everybody, and then they also get to smell it. But then as they smell it, they're you know they can smell it if it's burnt or not, and if it's still holding some sweetness. And they're also looking at the quality of the beans because if it's super dark, they're like, "Yo, why'd you burn it?" Yeah, you know, if it's too light, like go cook it some more. And so you're constantly getting that feedback from everybody. Do they give you like a thumbs down? They just look at you and like. No, not even. It's straight up like out loud. Just to, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, go back there, cook that up some more, or you know, Dang. start all over again. And then once you brew it, then as because there's no measuring, right? This is all. It's just based off of sight and see. You know, yeah, you're just that- feeling it out. And so once you add the water, they're like, "Yo, you put in too much water." And this is before they've even tried it. And then once they serve it. Then there's more. They were like, yeah, see, I told you, you put too much water in. Why didn't you listen to me? Go do it again. Now, like, I've got a watery coffee. And, yeah, you just get dogged on the entire time. You rarely get good feedback. Dang. Okay. You rarely get good, good feedback. Event. Yeah. I, but it's supposed to be fun, though. It's, it's, it's supposed it's, to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's with friends and family, right? right? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, all right, this is cool. But I think that. Wouldn't water be subject to like personal taste? Yeah. It so can you could be. have somebody that's like, it's too much water and another person that's like, it's not enough water. But yeah. There's, yeah. But okay. Like even espresso though, like 
there is an expectation that it's not going to be too much water. Like it, there's still kind of like a parameter for where that should be, you know? Right. And so it's the folks that drink, uh, you know, Jebana coffee, like they're going to be like, oh, that's, I could tell that's very thin, you know, that's very obvious or that's too dense, you know, not enough water was added. It's, okay. it's visibly clear kind of almost i again i'm the person that thinks that if you hand me a beverage it's going to taste better so i don't know much about coffee (laughs) but i think are you on the opposite side of the spectrum james where everything is precisely measured oh yeah for sure so when you hear this are you like how does this work no um because when i cook at home i don't really measure anything yeah but like i yeah i don't really measure much at home just because I'm not serving it to anybody except for myself, my partner. So, like, I I know how to make, like, I grill a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I know how to make an amazing steak, but I don't, besides temping it, like, I usually look at the thickness and then figure out how I'm going to, like, configure my coals. Like, I like, okay, I'm going to use this much coal. I'm going to actually move these coals to the side, place the steak here, stuff like that. But none none of that's, like, measured or anything. Because especially because when you get cuts of meat, it all varies. Yeah. You know, so... I mean, it's for me, this kind of thing is more about the experience, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly that. Like, I've never seen anyone measure it out, but it's over time they get to a place where it's like, okay, I know this Jebana. I know how much coffee I started off with. Uh, I lost some of it as I was roasting because some of it popped out of there. So, okay, I'll figure that out into my measurements later on with the water. I'll weigh out the water and I'll start off light. I'll let it brew. I'll see how it comes up because you allow that brew to, you know, kind of like boil up. And then what you do is you'll kind of pour it into another vessel so you can just kind of see the consistency. And so Mm. you're just moving it back and forth a little bit to tell where it's at. And then you're like, okay, let me add more water or I've got a good amount right now or, you know, whatever the case may be. So you can make adjustments as you go. But uh, it's also kind of being used yeah. to your own equipment too, right? It's like yes. So if you were to like grab someone else's Jevon, it'd be different. Uh, it'd be different, yeah. And especially if I if I'm not familiar huh. with the size. Now, say for example, oh. like you know, in our households, you know, you're probably going to be serving you know ten people maybe on average. That's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. Um, but if you go to because we have it, there's no set time for us to have it, you know, and no event is a wrong event to have it at. So if it's a time of mourning and the community is getting together to mourn uh, or it's a celebration. Um, We have larger ones and these ones can serve up to like 30 cups. And so if you're doing that one, you know, if it's your first time, you're going to, you know, mess it up. And, so and there's you really 29 to people to tell you. And you 29 people to tell you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Usually people are a little bit more lenient uh, when you get to that size of numbers. Uh, yeah. But uh, th- that does happen. Yeah. It feels like there's a big sense of pride that comes through with being able to present it to your friends and family. There is. There is um, there is a joy to it. Um, there's the um, uh, kind of like I'm getting to serve my guests and there's this hospitality factor to it. Um, if, you know, even back home, like if you can't afford like a full good big meal, you may be able to get some coffee. You can even borrow that from a neighbor. You may have a tree nearby so you can serve that. You know, that's something within your means. And so it's like, hey, I can at least offer that. Um, So there is that sense of pride. 
um additionally like even as i was saying about like the jousting and stuff like that that happens you know verbally or whatnot but at the end of it you receive a blessing you know um there's three rounds of this of coffee and then the last one is called baraka and baraka means to be blessed and so you know at the end of it they're like you know thank you for the hospitality thank you for this and you know may your household be blessed and da 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 may you always find joy all these things are you know praises are heaped upon the person that did it as well um and so there is definitely a, a sense of pride um out of doing it as well that is fascinating yeah so what made you want to take it from inside your house mm-hmm. and offer it to all of the people of renton <laughs> and now seattle you know i if I had seen it as well in other places. Like there are restaurants and other cafes that do offer it as well. Um, but uh, I knew that I wanted to um, speak to that history. I, I I realized that, you know, even in the name like Boon Buna Coffee and, you know, the images inside there, Chaldees or having the continent of Africa, identifying kaffa and speaking to these things helps provide understanding as to kind of where coffee originates because most would, believe it to be out of italy you know but coffee you know the word itself came from a village in ethiopia and that's the birthplace of it and it's been consumed for almost a thousand years but because you know espresso machine uh we kind of just think that it started 120 years ago 150 years ago whatever that is and even before maybe we think of turkey um but prior to all of that it was in ethiopia and so a lot of the origin and authentic, like where does it come from, was something that was important to me. It was something similar to, you know, around um, when I was younger. Um, it was something that my father even kind of told me about, like you know, coffee or I mean, uh, vanilla. Like you buy French vanilla, but you know, vanilla doesn't grow in France. Yeah. But right, do you right. realize that you know France had colonized Madagascar? And because it was colonized, they took their crop and called it French vanilla. But the vanilla that you have is stems from Madagascar. And I remember things like that and, and you know, that history of kind of just, you know, taking from the continent, but not the continent of Africa and not giving, you know, the honor or the respect that it deserves and, you know, telling that origin uh, and the, the way it moved throughout the world. Uh, I think, you know, I think that being able to do that was something that was really important to me. And even then, you know, that was one aspect. But then I also said that, you know, from even like a development side, you know, Ethiopia being the birthplace, it has the most varietals of coffee as well. Um, And so there's more opportunity there. There's more to see. There's more to try. And even the fact that Burundi, Kenya, Rwanda, Uganda, Congo, and it's even moving into other countries, Tanzania, of course, Malawi, uh, these countries are all producing great coffee. You know, I could just focus on the continent of Africa, put more spotlight on it, and that's just where I'm going to be at. Now, there's obviously concern because you're like, hey, I'm only focused on Africa. Aren't you uh, being narrowly focused? And what if, you know, drought happens? Well, continent of africa is very large (laughs) very vast and so yes droughts do happen and especially now it's getting more and more common and uh, climate change and so but there is still a lot of opportunity there and many places to focus in on and so the development of that 
Uh, and the spotlight of that was really what also intrigued me as well as the origin of it as well and speaking to that. But, you know, doing the coffee ceremony is something that I enjoy doing. Um, it gives an opportunity to speak to that history. And hopefully um, with that, it allows, you know, our guests to feel like, okay, I'm partaking in something that is that has deeper roots. Mm -hmm. um, there's more value here than just simply, you know, a good cup. Uh, there's more to it um, than just that. So, And you guys do this every Saturday, right? We do. I mean, you know, it's really hard to speak to it right now because right. of COVID, right? right, right, right. And uh, it's, you know, a big part of our identity and a big part of what we love to do is celebrate within that space. Yeah. So the coffee ceremony, pop-ups, poetry night, you know, we would have, you know, the local middle school come in and, you know, they had a little quartet play and stuff. Oh. And, and, you know, the library would come in and read books. Like we did all these things that were very much community engaging and coffee ceremony was, of course, part of that. But we've been in COVID longer than we've been open as a brick and mortar location. Wow. So we opened January 2019 and March of 2020 is when you know, things started to change for, uh, as a result of it. And here we are, we've gone longer under the, you know, with the world of COVID. Dude, I'm right it's, there with you. We opened February. It's just, yeah. You opened February of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it feels, it, it's really like, sometimes it just, it, I just kind of get sad it with it. No yeah. Cause I feel like it's such a big part of our identity. And so I want to go back to it. I want to have it, but I'm like, I don't want to risk you know, the team, I don't totally. want to risk the guest factor. So it's like, you know, I know if we were to start doing those things, you know, people would come and enjoy and learn, but it's also not safe. And I don't want to be the cause of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. I th we stand so, on the same page. Like, yeah. Cause pre, pre COVID, we actually didn't do any takeout food cause we wanted everyone's experience to be in there with us. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Like our space is really small. So like what you talk about doing like potion nights and stuff like that, like, I dreamt of that, but our space is just too tiny for it. And uh, so we, but we still want to focus on, Hey, when you're here, we're focusing on each other. There's no internet. It's like time for community, break bread, right. build community relationships across the table, that sort of thing. And then it's like, all right, well now you gotta do takeout. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it made my day though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, during the earlier parts of COVID, it did, I did notice that, um, you know, those that were coming out, we're getting that one time out of the day to come out and come interact with us. And even if it was just at the door, because we just we were at that time, we just had a table at the front door. Yeah, we'd go run to the back, make the drink and come back. Dude, for. Same. But in that time, in that like little bit of time, and it wasn't like there was a flow of people. It was just like you'd have one guest every like, I don't know, 10 minutes, maybe. And so you get to just catch up and, you know, how's COVID treating you? You know, how's working from home going? How you guys doing here? It would be this great conversation of just like, how are we all coping through this wild change? Yeah. And that was therapeutic for me. I don't know yeah. if maybe for them, but it felt it for me at least, you know, to just have those conversations and talk through it. It really helped. But, you know, there was a little bit of light, Yeah. at least even during that that earlier stage of things. But. I think James knows what I'm going to say, but I live alone or I mm -hmm. lived alone or I do live alone. I also lived alone during COVID yeah. and I went like three weeks without seeing another human being Yeah, and ended up going to Watson's to get coffee. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's civilization out there. Like it's one of the strongest memories I have. Cause oh. I 
tried to wash away all the others. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh. I think that that interaction probably was therapeutic on both sides, even yeah, though for sure. incredibly difficult because you couldn't do what you wanted to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of people who definitely came and was like, you know, we don't see anybody. You're the only people the only that we p- see. And dude, so yes. just to be able to have human interaction is great. And for us too, it was the same, even though we were like, yelling at each other behind masks, behind barriers yeah. and all sort of stuff. And even now, now that we're back open for dine-in, mm-hmm. requiring vaccines of people. Yeah. So they show us their vaccination cards and their IDs and everything. And people are like, you know what? This is the only place I've come to eat so far because yeah. this is the only way I feel even semi-safe. And really, yeah. these people just, they sit at the table with their masks on, food comes, they eat, they put their masks right back on. Like, yeah. m- like half the people, I would say. Has it been, has it been, um, have they been nice? Have people been nice? Oh, like 95% of people have been nice. That's good. The other five have been ridiculous. Yeah. But like we all have the camaraderie of each other. Right. And so when someone like cusses us, we're just like, okay, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. See ya. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Most people are nice. More than nasty stuff comes through phone calls and emails. Gotcha. And Instagram DMs. Yeah. So that's that's where most of the nastiness that's where, is. Oh, that's where the nastiness is. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Because like, you know, they're hiding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like if you're in our faces and you're gonna say something like, then something's gonna happen. You know, right. like now we're gonna beat everybody up, but yeah. there's gonna be a confrontation. And no one wants to have a confrontation. It's right. always uncomfortable. Right. right. Gonna so. knock them down with some French toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like eat these coffee beans. And just like <laughs> so, Adam. Yeah. yeah. Don't waste my seeds. They're so expensive. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But. Have you had the same experience? Uh. I'd say that, yeah, it's probably in the 95%. You're yeah. right. You're right. You know, sometimes the the hard ones, it, you're like, man, it doesn't, I, we, we're a year and a half into it, man. Yeah, come, come on. Please, man. Yeah. And I feel bad, you know, I, I, I'm fine with, you know, that interaction. Not that I want to have them, but totally. for the safety and the sake of the team, I'm like, yeah, like, because I feel bad for them. They're flustered. They're like, like they came all the way out to you. Yeah. Or, and they yeah. walk in, you know, you know, they see the signs and stuff and, and oh, yeah, they don't see the signs. Or they yeah, don't <laughs> see the sign. And and then it's just like we don't want to have that conversation constantly. Yeah. It really changes the 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 mood really. And so, you know, we have had, you know, a few folks where they've been just really blatantly, like really like harsh yeah just coming in and just like yelling at us like you guys are evil (laughs) like you're mean why are you forcing me to do this i'm like you know like it's for the safety of everybody man but yeah but wait nobody forced them to to come get a cup of coffee that is the point it's like people are like my body my choice and it's like yes my that is the point it is your choice (laughs) you can not be here exactly if you want to be here exactly there are rules to follow yeah and we're happy to you know serve but yo like yeah be nice and truth be told like we want like we want to serve everybody Mm -hmm. just even let's let's put aside the fact that we're all nice people as capitalists Mm -hmm. they all have money yeah we like <laughs> when i think about because like right now we're not doing great i'm not gonna pretend like we're like yeah. flourishing by any means yeah because like cost of goods are super high mm-hmm. you know like people have gotten raises at this point too which i can't not give them and yeah. so like i'm like cutting my own pay yeah just to be able to stay alive at this point and it's like people are like oh like you just don't want our business it's like no trust me i want your money so bad yeah but i don't want your money where it's sacrificing the health of other people and so like 
I, I look at like dollar signs walk away because we yeah. just if we turn away a You're table right. of six, yeah. that's like one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. Right. But I think as as employers, we have a responsibility to the people that are working for us that yeah. they are in a position that if they don't go to work, they don't get a paycheck. Yeah. And exactly. I think that when you dangle money over somebody's head like that, um, which I it's not like I'm dangling money over my employees' heads, <laughs> but when you're doing it in that aspect, they're like, "Well, this is my job; I have to go." Right. And so, the least we can do is make sure that we're providing them as safe of an environment as possible. You know, it's funny. Or, I've actually talked to people. I didn't engage in the conversation because I knew it wouldn't be fruitful. Who actually do not agree that it is our responsibility as employers to take care of our staff. I've had people. Uh, I've talked to people, and they're like, "But it's not really because they could go find other jobs." And I'm mm. like. You're a dick, and I don't well, want to have yeah, a conversation yeah, with you. Yeah. We'll, we'll hire all their good employees. Let them keep going in that direction. Yeah. If you work for that company, <laughs> yeah. Gilly Wagon is hiring. <laughs> yeah, I think I think back to you know my experience, because this is my first time ever being an employer. You know, yeah. which, I thought you were going to say in yeah. a pandemic. Yeah, and no, I was I'm like, never, yeah, I've, 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 never, I've never had the, I've never, you know, even when I was working in my corporate job, like I was, I never had anyone report directly to me. And so it was really a change. And I, the only way I could think about, you know, how am I going to become a good boss or a good manager, owner of a business, then it's who did it right. You know, from my experience, who were the managers, the bosses that I had that, you know, that I enjoyed working for that treated me well. Yeah. And, uh, and what was my productivity like when I had that? And what was it like when it wasn't that, you know, what was the, what, what did I feel like going home? How toxic did I feel like going into work? Like what kind of situation was, and trying to replicate that, which was good and eliminating that, which was wrong, you know, um, as much as possible. And so even now as, you know, like, even to to my team, I kind of look at it from that perspective of like, how do I do better? How do I do right? I want to be, you know, critiqued. I want to improve. How do I support them? It's things like that that keep running through my mind. And so that thought of like, yo, there's others like it doesn't even dawn on me really as much as po like it's more of like, OK, like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? This is a team effort. Everybody's yeah. putting in. So what are we going to do? Yeah. yeah, I started listening to this. Great. I think I mentioned it last time. This great podcast from Brene Brown about leadership. It's like a podcast about leadership. Mm. And it's really great. I've only listened to the first episode and a half, but her first thing was just like, the most important thing is vulnerability. Yeah. Like if your staff sees you as a real person, like not fake vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. But like as long as you're your authentic self, like that's who you will draw and the people mm -hmm. who can relate to you. Yeah. Because like, you know, like the people who I love to have, you might not like, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. Right. That kind of thing. Just yeah. finding, because it's not about finding like the best quote unquote people as much yeah. as the best for your business and, and right. who you are right, I, as an individual. I wholeheartedly believe that um, vulnerability is a superpower and mm. it's not something that you can just immediately be like, yeah, because then that's fake vulnerability. Yeah. Yes. But being able to share that in a way that doesn't like terrify and destroy yourself, but also lets people see inside of what you're thinking, especially as an employer. Yeah. Um, like little tiny things that people that are employees don't necessarily think about. Even we just did a health insurance switch. Yeah. And in that process, I had a lot of discussions because I wanted to make sure that 
I could go and get, oh, this is the craziest thing. Do you know that Amazon only pays 50% of their health insurance coverage for their employees? Yeah. The, uh, which for like, uh, like Amazon, but, uh, I think they get like a discount though. I don't know. But that is the discount. Uh, you mean like group rates? Maybe yeah, like like that, like it, like I remember it being because I worked for them for oh. a little while. Yeah, no, don't. No. But <laughs> well, it was like tell it, us all it, about it. It, it was. I remember <laughs> it being super. Uh, at least okay. I remember it being super cheap. Like it was like twenty bucks or something. Okay. Well, but I don't. I don't like. Don't hold me to it. Like I'm. I'm trying. I'm to, not gonna hold you to yeah. it. I just f- felt like. I started asking and I'm around. Not to defend them either. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Bezos yeah, lover. Yeah, <laughs> so, and I was like, who, like, asking people, like, how much do you cover? Do you offer health insurance? How much do you cover? And getting that information because I wanted to be as somebody that's, that needs health insurance. Yeah. Everybody needs health insurance, but I probably use mine more than most people. Um, the... So I started asking and it was kind of all over the board and I brought my employees into this conversation, but I brought them in, in a way that I was trying to figure it out with them. Yeah. And then when I found out about Amazon and I was like, I was going to offer this percent and they're offering that. And I did go with a higher percentage. Nice job. But we started talking about insurance and they were like, I had no idea it was like that. Like Uh. it just, because they had never, I had gone through the process before, but still you have every time it's different. And they were just kind of like, I didn't realize it was that much or like mm. that or the dental part or, and it was kind of an eye opening experience, which I didn't intentionally bring them into it in right. that aspect. I just wanted to make sure that they had a benefit that they were really excited about. Yeah. yeah. Especially cause like, yeah. I think a lot it's of times powerful. bosses have this feeling of like omnipotence and they're like, mm-hmm. I know what's best. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if you, because when I first started out, I was like, okay, I should figure out a way to offer health insurance. Yeah. And then I realized that none of my employees need health insurance mm-hmm. because they're either under 26 so they get their parents yeah. or they're married. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm the only person who needs health insurance. Yeah. So what, like, why would I even go what? about doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's kind of changing with my current employees. And so like now I'm kind of rethinking that and trying to figure that out too. And that's, that's what happened. Yeah. In, Navigating. in my case, I had somebody that, or not somebody, but people that were on other policies and just didn't need it. And I ended up doing like a stipend for the one person that did. Oh, okay. And then we hired and then it was like, well, now I should just get health insurance because mm-hmm. a stipend's kind of a pain in the ass. Right. But Ugh, just Medicaid, Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. That'd be the nicest thing. Yeah. We, we, we just got healthcare for the, everyone here nice. recently, but it was offered to everyone. But yeah, like you said, like, you know, we were in a similar space where it was like, you know, I think, you know, maybe a fraction of. Yeah. Who wants it? Yeah. 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 But then is also your buying power too. is like, you know, it's so small. But then being in a pandemic and looking at how much it's going to be a year and you're like, (gasps) yeah, because everything right now is such a stressful financial situation. Yeah. So stressful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Are you still working your corporate gig or no? No. You're all done with that. Uh, yeah, I'm all done. Yeah, I am in school. Yeah, yeah. I, and even that is because of COVID. Everything's because of COVID. But <laughs> yeah, so the first part, uh, I I was working full time um, up until like, I think it was like March of 2019. So I opened up in January. So for about two months, I continued to work like full time. Wow. And then 
reduced it to like three days a week and then twice. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, that's a lot. And it was this kind of, I didn't have the luxury really. And I don't know if you can even call it, but like I, I didn't have the means, <laughs> you know, I didn't have the means for sure to be able to just quit. Um, even during the build out phase, I didn't have that. I had to work throughout that time. And so it would be like, you know, early in the morning, I'd check in on the contractors coming in and then I'd run up to work and then come back during yeah. lunch, checking on them again, go back up to work and then come down for the end of the day, you know, to wrap up the day with the contractors. And I was doing that for some time <laughs> during the build out phase. And then, and then once uh, the cafe opened up, you know, we had a cafe manager, but even for the cafe manager, it was still kind of, it was new, you know, and there's so much being asked of that individual. And it was like, I've got to be there to help, you know, I've got to be there to help more. And so, so everything's changing every and day. everything's changing and, you know, and just, you know, there's still things that you need to finalize permits and things like that. And so I was like, all right, I've got to back out of this thing. And then, yeah. So pretty much like two months in, I was able to quit my job, my corporate job, um, and then just focus on Boon Buna hundred percent. And it's been that way, fortunately since then. And then, uh, school started the day I opened up was January 7, 2019. That was also the first day of school of my so MBA you're doing school. Yeah. Work. Yeah. School work. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So in the cafe, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy, but I wasn't able to go to class that first day, obviously. Yeah. I, <laughs> and then, uh, but I, I started going the following week or whatnot. But, uh, you know, I, I started the program really like a year before. I was like, let me see how I do. Mm. I tried taking the GMAT several years ago and didn't do too well. It was actually right before, right before my trip in 2011 to Eritrea. So I was kind of rushing through it, you know. I was like, all right, I'll just get this done. By You're the like, time I, I got a back, vacation on yeah, the way. Yeah, I got the I got a vacation on the way and we'll see how I do. It should be okay. And I didn't do too well. <laughs> and then I came back to it and I was like, let me see how I do. And I it was just that I had some downtime before starting the build out. And so I was like, all right, let me see how I do on the test. Did okay on the test. I applied. There was only one school I was interested in was was Seattle U for my MBA. And uh, because they offer like night programs mm -hmm. and it was oh, yeah, really yeah. convenient and it was also m less costly than UW also. And so for those reasons, I was like, all right, let me do that. And, um, and I didn't think I'd really get accepted. I was like, if I get accepted, cool. If I don't, it's all right too. I got accepted. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll open up the cafe in fall, like September. And then I could start in January with my program, you know, so giving myself a few months and of course, build out took yep. longer. Permits took longer, and then I opened up January the same day. Oh my yeah, God. class started, which was a crazy trip. But you know, really, with that, the intention was like you know, because I had mentioned the fact that like I knew certain things I I never owned or you know led a team, and I felt like I need to do better. And if I'm going to do well in this role, I. I, if I'm not going to get, if I haven't received the experience, I need to go sit in class at least and learn about it is, was my thinking. And so that's why I did it. But, you know, once COVID started, I was like, no, I need to survive as a business. Otherwise that's, yeah, you know, there's nothing. And that's kind of how the transition happened. But I still want to go back to, you know, to my classes, but I also am like, like at what time am I going to be able to do that now? It's like, it's moving pretty fast, but yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, you'll find, I mean, you got to find that work-life balance, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like where I'm at right now, too. I'm just like yeah. figuring out like what's worth the sacrifice 
because I feel like the big message we hear these days is, uh, I mean, Lois talked about on our very first episode mm. here, it's like hustle is just way too glorified for no reason. Mm. Which so, oh, you, and, you and Lois are like homies, right? Lois is incredible. Yeah. Lois is incredible. She w- We were both in a program. <laughs> so I was doing my MBA. I was doing a class at UW as well. And that's where <laughs> I met uh, Lois. So I'd ask you and go to UW. And uh, there's the program at UW was actually much more beneficial. It was more applicable. Mm. Uh, and then the people I was with were all business owners and everyone was different levels. Oh, cool. um, and so you'd get to hear different stories and different approaches. And Lois was there in there with me and just clicked immediately. And, you know, we started doing pop-ups together. So I think, you know, some of the earlier ones was Lois coming in with Sweet Alchemy and just like having ice cream for sale there. Yeah. And I was like trying to get her. I still am. I want her to be in rent too. <laughs> and so like, cause yeah, she's just incredible. She's sweet. Her, of course, her product is incredible and just incredible. Just it's good to have that kind of support. And it was I was very fortunate in that side of just like having a community of other small business owners that were there to support. Yeah. And and yeah. So, yeah, I can. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's saying, awesome. She's saying nothing about your praises and she's the reason why I, I, we hit you up. Oh, yeah. appreciate it. I appreciate so it. Great. Thanks, Lois. Yeah. <laughs> I was sexing her today for some more ice cream. It's <laughs> <laughs> so all sold out. Yeah, we literally picked up some like five pints over there the other day. Did you? Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. So good. Yeah, but Lois is incredible. Ready to move on? Yeah, sure. Here's where we go reviews. Let's go. Dun, so, yeah. Uh, if you're a so, first time listener, I don't know why you picked this episode. You should listen to other ones. Um, but this is a great one. All so. of them. Listen to all of them. Listen to all of them. Not yeah. just this one. And then find us some sponsors. So yeah. I can quit my day job. Let's go. Um, yeah. Let's go. Oh my God, I got to pull up this review. Okay. Yeah. So, how this works. Yeah. I read the bad review because okay. I am the bad cop. Okay. So I'll read the bad review, give you a little opportunity to respond to it. Sure. You can respond to me as if I am this person, or you can just <laughs> respond to the review however you want to do it. It's Throw sad. no punches. All right. The, the floor. So res- respond uh, to the bad, uh, the bad review and the good review and as if, review. Uh, okay, as if I'm responding directly back to them. However you'd like. You oh, can. Okay. You, can, you yeah. can talk about it. You can talk to it. Okay. You know, whatever you'd like. Yeah. Uh, but I'll do the bad one. You can respond to that. And I'm right. on a good note uh, with Amy's. And it's funny because, like, when I was going through these, <laughs> the one I picked was is so long. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, it's so long. <laughs> but I just thought it was so interesting and so perfect yeah. for the current, like, climate uh-huh. of how people are behaving. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just like I like Let's I said. Let's not so go with it's so perfect because I read it. <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's it's perfect in the sense of like it's it demonstrates to something well. It mm-hmm. is not it, yes. perfect. If well, what I mean is if it perfectly fits. Okay, like the current way that our society is moving mm. and how these kinds of people are held more accountable than they used to be. Mm. You know. Mm. Anyway, there's so I'll do mine, and then Amy's is literally a hundred right. times shorter. Is so. are there several of them? Actually, a few of each, just one of each. Oh, it's just one of each. We'll give you 10 bad ones and then one short. (laughs) (laughs) That's how how it always feels, though, right? You get a bad review. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, bad reviews. You're like, what did we do wrong? It's funny because I had originally chosen a very long good review and then I changed it at the last minute because of mine. No. Uh Oh. I changed it at the last minute because I'm terrible at reading. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really the length of it that kills you. And um, I'm really happy with the one I ended up selecting, which we'll get into after after James (laughs) becomes a downer. Let's go. Let's do this. We'll we'll change it. Um, This is from two years ago. Okay. 
by a person I won't, I won't name. That's okay. Anonymous. Boon Boona is a big lie, a joke. It is a farce, a sham, a scam. It purports to be an African affirmative environment inclusive of all kinds of people, but it is the opposite. This is a mirage. It only goes skin deep. You can be black or brown as long as you fit into the strict mold of behavior dictated by white people to make them alone feel safe and superior. (laughs) Only white culture and imperatives are permitted here. Straight, dignified, black conscious men are not welcome, even though there's a huge map of Africa on the wall. The degrading... The degrading clownish caricatures on the logo depicting or were meant to be East African faces illustrate the image of Africa that is promoted. Couldn't have been more majestic, more regal. Everything is catered to the sensibilities of white people, especially white women with a feminist agenda. It is a place to, it is a place set up to give white people the feeling they are doing something exotic and quote unquote ethnic to give them reprieve from boring whiteness. The authenticity is very shallow a veneer since it only serves the purpose of entertaining and appealing the ego of white patrons and employees. It is not a place where African people or native people can gather and express themselves, except through the narrow confines of what is, what is acceptable to white people. Boom Boon is African in name only, just like the owner. He does not even own himself, let alone a business, though he may make plenty of money from it. He's a puppet, facilitating exploitation of his own African identity for the benefit of white domination and profit. His business decisions are dictated not by an empowering and Afrocentric vision, but by other businesses next to his and the building owner, who together with the city of Renton, which represents the white descendants of those who stole this land from the last of the native people who lived here, so- selected Boon Buna as an instrument for the gentrification mission. Boon Buna is not about coffee. It is an experiment of social engineering with an overarching goal of gentrification in the Renton downtown core. It is only intended for some people and not for others. Though there is no sign on the door stating so. You're just supposed to get it by the way you're treated, overtly and subtly as an interloper, as an other, as out of place. The owner is the pet of white people. (laughs) (laughs) They can rub up his head, and since he is happy to play the role of subordinate boy for them, any black man that comes in the door has to agree that white people can also treat him this way, or or that black man has to leave. Even the white girls that are supposed to be his employees have him on a leash, particularly the one that considers herself a master barista, will stand, that, will stand there at the counter not doing anything while he rushes out to clean up after any group of black or African people that come in, as though he should not expect his white employees to clean up after, quote-unquote, his people. It is shameful. These girls will be there gossiping and giggling about customers they do not like, while dishes are piling up and tables are waiting to be cleared, so the African woman coming in on a later shift has to do the cleaning when she gets there. If not her... Then they send one of the males on the team. The men obey. This is a regular maneuver on their part. They're extremely petty, unprofessional, mean, power-hungry, and small-minded. The place is very filthy. We saw on more than one occasion one of the employees from the plant shop next door come in to get free coffee and let his dog wander inside the enclosure where the coffee roaster is located and then behind the counter where food is being prepared. The owner saw this and said nothing. Why was my presence there considered so abnormal and such an offense? It was clear that there was an issue with my person, my voice, which exudes unapologetic black, sorry, which exudes unapologetic straight black consciousness. My very identity was too loud. I experienced constant pressure to modify who I am. I was not welcome there from the moment I walked in. One star. (laughs) Damn, man. That was a harsh one. I remember that one. Do you remember the person? Yeah. 
So I, something I, I, obviously I, happened. Yeah. It was someone, and I'll I'll still respond to it, uh, like we had said earlier. But to answer your part, yeah, I do remember the person, and I remember that time because it was someone that was coming all the time, uh, and uh, oh yeah, and it was um, was surprising about it is that she's actually white, and her <laughs> <laughs> and that was a question that i had and her partner was a black man um and and they would come in and um they they were really rude about like temperature of their drink and it needed to be like 190 which is scolding hot and uh and i remember about three times maybe where you know she would uh get loud with like someone across the way another guest or whatnot and it was it was i think um twice i wasn't there and then the third time was the time when i was like i can't have you do that i'm gonna ask you to leave like this is inappropriate and da 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 and then and yeah so we knew who it came from (laughs) because we've heard this kind of rhetoric a little bit from that person and so it was somewhat yeah kind of known we knew once we saw it, we weren't surprised. We were, well, we we're actually kind of still surprised because of the length of it. And it was like, wow. Well, the length of it. And, and it's it so mean. Yeah. <laughs> so mean. Super, so mean. It's so effed up. It, like, but, okay. First of all, the length of it, you know it's not somebody that visited once and was like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah Like, no. nobody's going to no. go into that. But also, I feel like when it started out, I could see how uncomfortable you were with yeah. James reading it. And then I feel like it transferred into me being uncomfortable oh, with I you reading it. Like, especially halfway through, I was like, oh, man, reading this out loud feels way worse than reading it in my head. (laughs) But also, after having a conversation about all of the things we talked to leading up to this point, it was like, uh, this is awkward. Okay, response. All right, so response. I think, uh, now, to be honest, I think with that response, we did call out the person in the response, which was, which I don't know if I would have approached it again that way. I think I would have just simply said uh, I don't know, think it was that rude, though. Yeah, it honest. wasn't rude, uh, it, but it was kind of like we identified the person, though. Um, and so, I mean, their name is on it. Yeah, their name is on, but uh, still, Karen's name's I, on it. Yep. <laughs> so I think, I think though, I would have st- simply kept it to, uh, "Sorry, you feel that way," um, and you know, we appreciate you visiting, but you know, it's okay that it, if you don't return, it's fine. Would have been my response. Honestly. That was pretty much yeah. That. It, it would have been to that extent because. I yeah you know I I think that especially with them um, having been there they know I, I feel like they know the environment they know what we're about but I think the it was all just turned to to be so mean and hurtful um, but you know obviously yeah none of that stuff was 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 real but it was good I want to put a gap there because I want to ask a question that we can yeah. totally edit out. Mm-hmm. Um, ownership. Yeah. Are you the sole owner or do you have investors that like, uh, and again, I can totally edit this out. You cannot answer the question. Yeah. It's yeah. Totally yeah. No, fine. happily. Happily. But like, uh, do you have investors? Cause they, they seem to, um, suggest that yeah. you work for a bunch of white people. 
Yeah, no, no. So the only ownership that's in it is me and my uh, uncle and my sister, which are also black people, Eritrean descent. Your sisters? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So And okay. even them, it's, you know, they've been in it with me from the beginning. Yeah. But the majority is all me, 90s. You know, sure. It, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm, and up until like 20, that time I was only owner as well, mm-hmm. especially then, so. In reality, if you're a puppet, somebody's working the puppet right so he wouldn't be working for them they would be working to move puppets. yeah like, and just saying, and even and i guess yeah also the you know one because there were certain things that you know if it's more personal or whatnot i i don't really care about it but the character i think that it is important you know because she was saying that it should be something more regal but uh, that is actually a true, our logo is a representation of East Africans. It is something that we have used historically for thousands of years to represent East Africans. The logo is a reflection of that. And so you'll find, you know, historically, if you look at like the story of a king's conquest or a queen's conquest, it's images of that logo. And it neither identifies as male or female. Um, it's sometimes... Um, even used biblically, like Jesus looks like that character. And so once again, it's kind of a reflection of, uh, if you go into, you know, old churches, you'll find that the character has angel wings um, and it represents angels. And so you'll see that same kind of like head, you know, that elongated kind of round uh, uh, fro and ears covered for the most part. That's historically, and the eyes that is historically accurate and represents. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not something you just it's, sketched up. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. it's not a stick yeah. figure that I made up or anything. And so I think that only for um, if anything, I would probably responded to that part because I think that would have been a value. Yeah, because I, I, I do think that part of it was like real. I mean, besides the, ugh. I mean, just to be clear, I felt super dirty reading that. But um, <laughs> I remember when I read it too. I did feel I was like, dang man, that's so mean. Yeah, and then but we did talk about it because I thought like we we. You know, when we saw that one, we were like, we should talk about that as well. So we did talk about it as a team, too. And we were like, you know. I'm sure. Because they they felt it, too. They're like, that's, you know. Yeah, it cuts deep. But, yeah, but. You kind of glazed over it cutting deep. You were like, yeah, we talked about it. I feel like there would be a moment if if that had happened to me. um, Or I can see where it could happen to any other business owner where you'd like. It would fester for a while. It, it's such a personal attack because yeah. it's not even just attack on you as you as an individual. Because yeah. like me too, if someone said something about me, I'd be like, all right, whatever. But yeah. if they if they basically just like cut into your entire culture yeah. and like your history and like the struggles of your people, it's like yeah. they're just trivializing that. It's like, right, Yikes, bro. Yeah, I think this is a good segment for me to ask. <laughs> Do you think the customer yeah. is always right? Do I think the customer is always right? Well. I would I'd I'd be a little bit more specific in where they could be more right or where they are right at is in what it is that they're requesting from the drink perspective or their specific order. I want cheese on my sandwich or I don't. Yes, like that perspective. Yes, but in maybe telling me like history or you know like like that, like I would say no. Um, the customer is right in what they prefer for what it is that they're going to purchase and consume. I always agree in that side. Like, I mean, if they want, you know, half oat milk and half hemp milk, you know, what if they want to replace, what if they want to replace the English muffin with a croissant on your sandwich? Oh yeah. 
within the means of what we can do. <laughs> now we have had somebody do that. That was, and I was that like, one of the reviews too. Yeah, yeah. I, which yeah, that did happen. As a matter of fact, I remember that one too. And I remember like that's they come we we buy like Molly's so yeah. it's like it's already packaged up. Are you, you wanting to buy both then? And and it was my <laughs> teammate I was next to them as they were having that conversation. They were like, we don't customize them. But it's not Subway. It's not yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but then they specified the customer press specified that it's like, no, I'll I'll pay for both of them then. And then if you guys would just combine it. It was like, okay, I guess so. And so even after the fact, then it was still like something he wanted like to kind of comment. About it, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. just really wanted that breakfast yeah. sandwich. That breakfast sandwich with the, yeah, croissant. Which is so, so funny because they could just take it and do it themselves. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't toast, oh, you know, right. got to melt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. So customer always right. Once again, if it's specific to what it is that they're wanting and they're willing to pay for it, in that case, yeah. And I think that even, you know, that would be a learning lesson even for our team would be like, yo, hey, like, you know, if they're willing to pay for both of those things, if they want it between banana bread, they can have it. <laughs> Whatever is the case, you know, but. I'm going to do that. I'm going to show up. Like <laughs> yeah. Can I have two slices Challenge of banana bread? Challenge accepted. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that it, it I think it, it's specific to what it is that they're wanting. And I feel like your earlier story about the coffee ceremony and getting feedback demonstrates that you're open to feedback. <laughs> yeah. You have to be. Yeah. You have to be. So You have to be. Yeah. You definitely have to have some tough skin. And obviously any business owner, I think, has to have a little bit of that um, to provide good customer service because, yeah, everyone we encounter is not going to be, you know, super happy. But if you realize like, yo, we're to give you a great beverage. So we're going to try delivering that. You can't be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. Or so, a cup of coffee. Or a cup of coffee. Or taco time. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm really thrilled with the review that I picked just because it goes so well with the conversation that we yeah. had earlier. So I'm going to give this person's first name. It's Brianna. And it is, she wrote this close to you opening saying, this coffee shop is my new favorite place, exclamation point. Nice and wide open, easy to grab a cup and meet with people. Try the coffee ceremony every Saturday on the hour. Again, this was pre-COVID. Uh, they hold a traditional Ethiopian coffee ceremony that's very special. Wonderful place, wonderful people, great coffee. That's pretty good. That feels good. Yeah, <laughs> I specifically chose this one because I felt like it demonstrated the community part of it and had uh, no idea we were going to talk about the community part or the coffee ceremony. So. Yeah, I think yeah. the thing that I loved about this conversation, too, is like there was more conversation about like what's happening and the people involved with what's happening. And we've literally not talked about a single flavor. Yeah. You know, I mean, except for like dark roast, light roast, adding. Oh, yeah. Whatever, yeah. No, we we talked about uh, pumpkin. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin. <laughs> and talk of time. But pumpkin. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. But I mean, that's more of like a, yeah. a peripheral conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. In terms of Which like is, uh, what you're doing. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think uh, it is also important to say that, you know, it's, we are small, we're young and we are, you know, willing to learn and take that feedback as well. So both good and bad is something that we definitely really do evaluate so that we, we make better decisions or whatnot. But, you know, what we stand for and what we're about is definitely something that we're going to push forward with. Um, and so sourcing community locally and then having great coffee, that's just what we do. 
Um, and that's what we're trying to, that's what we're aspiring to at least. You, you know? know, I actually yeah. tried your coffee for the first time, like a month ago, yeah. not even a month ago, yeah. like two or three weeks ago. Someone brought it back and I was like, yeah. oh my God. Oh, that's sweet. Excellent. Oh, really? Yeah, it was great. Do you remember which coffee it was? Some African coffee. <laughs> Some African um, coffee. It wasn't Ethiopian. <laughs> I saw. I just looked at your. Is like, it a blue offerings. sticker? I don't. I don't remember. Um, There's I, a blue man, sticker, which I is Durfettis. Just and, uh, looked at the offerings you guys have. Yeah. Um, what are the Ethiopians you have right now? Uh, Durfettis, which is a natural process Ethiopia from Sadamo. Uh, there's adado, which adado. is okay. Wash process, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Apricot vanilla, really tasty. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. Yep. I'm yeah. a big washed, coffee. washed African coffees are like yeah. my thing. Oh yeah, so yeah, so it's, everyone it's, should it's, go in, request that a banana bread sandwich. Yep, and <laughs> and and uh, the <laughs> breakfast, and yeah, and pumpkin, and, and, yeah. Pumpkin. and pumpkin. When yeah. is your pumpkin launch? Uh, I think in a few weeks here. Yeah, Starbucks is like already, already yeah, on it. Like in a few weeks. Let's, I mean. Like, if you made a lot of money on something, wouldn't you offer it as long so. as you possibly it, is could? Is it that they up the date? They yeah. started releasing yeah. it sooner? In August. I think it, yeah, I think it used to be October 1st. Oh, yeah. wow. And then it jumped into September, and now it's in August, which is like, dude, it's still so hot outside. Don't do that to me. Then just do it year-round. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why? Wait, pumpkins why? aren't even available year-round. Well, yeah. they don't use pumpkins. That's true. True, true facts. Yeah. More importantly, you guys are in Renton. Yeah. Uh, when did you? When did your capital? It's like Capitol Hill, First Hill. Man, You're like right we, in front of SU, we right? We had a hard time identifying that location as where it is. We we've kind of stuck with Seattle U now for the yeah. most part because it's directly across the street from you it. You took over the old Cherry Street spot. We did. Right? Yeah. yeah. We Wait did. on Twelfth. Yeah, Twelfth mm-hmm. and James. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cherry Street was. You know, the owner of it, Ali, was just really supportive of us kind of getting that opportunity to Ali is incredibly he helped nice. us. He helped us get that opportunity. He vouched for us uh, because, because we only have one location because we are a little baby of a company, you know, it, we don't have the credibility, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially from landlords and especially in a time like COVID. Yeah. And it wasn't really like we had the means to necessarily go all out and build out a huge space. It was really an opportunity between both places. It was like, all right, we can make this happen, and and he was really supportive in yeah in making it happen. So yeah, I mean, we could have a whole episode talking about how landlords have to bet on you too. But Ali, oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a he's a big name in the industry, and have him having your back is it's a big deal. Yeah, a, he was he dude. was kind. He was kind in in supporting us in the process, really. So oh. that opened up uh, April twenty sixth, and so it just celebrated four months uh, last week, and yeah, it's a you know we opened it up. You know, in a time obviously with COVID, and yeah. so we didn't get to have that like celebration really. I know you, Jake, um, and Ross took a bunch of shots, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we did. <laughs> <laughs> liquor board, liquor board. But no, actually, we have a li- yeah at home shots at home at in home. a private setting at home at home. Yep, but yeah, those those guys have been awesome. Yeah, you know, um, there have that's that's kind of another aspect of it is is really the community of support around uh even when i talk about boom boom it's like in we because anchorhead and those guys had been very supportive of us yeah starting back in 2014 like i've known those guys for some time and they've been nothing but like really good brothers to me um same with the folks at olympia coffee roasters i mean there are uh these 
you know, individuals and businesses that have been very supportive. And then you, you expand beyond that to say, you know, those businesses in Renton that have supported us, you know, you go further and the opportunities that were provided to me by the, the Somali women owned businesses in Tukwila and SeaTac oh, wow. area, which were the first places to put our coffee into their places, you know, um, and then, you Give know, Lois, what the, what's there? Tawakal, Tabarak. Unfortunately, a lot of these places have you know, they were almost decimated basically as a result of like, you know, development and stuff. And so, uh, Tawakal does have a new location. They were able to buy the location across the street from where they used to be at, but, uh, and it's, it's doing well, but that whole community has been super supportive and that's back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and so wow. we've, you know, it's just, it's, it's really, um, uh, it's a lot of support. It's a lot of love that, you know, has gotten us to this point and, yeah, super grateful for it all. Yeah, congrats, man. I appreciate it. But I definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know when I'll be in Renton, but yeah, well, I'll definitely go to the Capitol Hill. What are the What are your hours? Uh, eight to five. Both um, locations. Both locations. Eight to five. Yeah, seven days a week. Um, and uh, yeah, we're offering outdoor seating. No indoor seating yet. Sure. Um, but we definitely allow folks to come through, wear a mask, and order. And yeah, love to see you. Yeah. Well, thanks well, for coming through. Yeah, thanks for being here. It sounds like we need a field trip now. Yo, Renton is it, Renton is dope. Let me if I can plug that in real quick. Renton <laughs> yeah. is dope. Said no one ever. Yo, Renton is dope. It's awesome. It's such. A, Wait, the store, are, not the city, right? The city too. <laughs> yeah, the city is dope. What's the taco time like down there? Well, actually, I think their headquarters is in Renton. I may oh, be wrong there. Then I agree. Renton is dope. <laughs> I believe, yeah, I think that's where they're at. But, uh, you know, tons on our block alone, there are some great restaurants, great restaurants. And they've been around for like, you know, a decade. And honestly, them surviving throughout COVID was inspiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all mom and pop. There's no Chick-fil-A on our street. You know, there's no franchise. Thank God. Yeah. It's all mom and pop shops. They're all working the front line, you know. And then we also were compounded with the fact that we had construction down there as well. Oh, yeah. And so that was like, I mean, just one of those alone, like a pandemic is plenty. But, you know, to have construction, we know what that's like when, you know, business is impacted by construction. But we had both those things. And to see them like going, like surviving it all was really, really inspirational and really sad, too, because some of them didn't survive. And those that did, you know, like it was only because they were working there their yeah. butts off man it was it was tough but do you live do you live down that area then i do yeah so then if we go down there you're gonna show us around and take us yeah for sure yeah right. yeah um, i'm in yeah for sure cool yo ren's ren's popping uh and then everyone can catch you on social media social media handles are boom boona coffee nice on all of them uh ig facebook and twitter yeah you guys uh, use twitter not really i know that's what everyone says yeah not really <laughs> we all just hold it no yeah reason. it's instagram yeah yeah more so yeah, yeah. instagram and facebook one yeah. day we'll have a social media platform that can do smells Dude, that'd be Ooh. actually awesome right scratch and sniff scratch i don't know why sniff. i got so excited about none of the stuff that i do is smelly you don't want to smell alcohol through the phone that'd be nice but the liquor control board would be like, there's no way that you can tell <laughs> how old somebody is that's sniffing. This. That's sniffing. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up. But thanks again. Yeah, I appreciate it, it. Thank yeah. you all. Appreciate the opportunity to be here with you all. Thank there's you. There's a rent and trip in our future. Yes. In everyone's future. Heck yeah.